Well, bit by bit, the US is claiming more of the world's share of equities. How long can that go on for? And is the S&P pushing over 5,000 a warning sign or an opportunity to push even higher? Meanwhile, US CPI wasn't revised. That was the anticlimax of the week on Friday. And whilst everyone is looking at rate cuts, could New Zealand be expecting a rate rise? Possibly. One bank has called it anyway. Does that thing change the thinking on this side of the Tasman? It's Monday. It's the 12th of February, 2024. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar fell a tiny bit on Friday and up a little, just 0.2% over the course of the week last week. The Aussie dollar, meanwhile, up half a percent on Friday, one of the biggest rises on the day, up to 65.2 US cents, but pretty flat over the week, really. And it was a pretty mixed week for equities. The Nasdaq climbed one and a quarter percent on Friday, 2.3% over the week, very close to 16,000 now. But the S&P, a 0.6% on Friday was enough for it to finally get over the 5,000 barrier. Uh, Shares in Europe, though, Maybe not doing quite as well, heading in the same direction, though. The Eurostox 50 last week rose 1.3%. The FTSE 100, though, well, that was down 0.6% and a small move up for the ASX 200 uh, locally. But the CSI 300 climbed almost 5.8% last week. And bond yields, 10-year treasuries, finished the week at 4.18%, up almost 16 basis points in a week. Aussie 10 years rounded off the week at 4.12%. That's 13 basis points up over the week, up to 4.14% now on futures. And German 10-year bonds rose from 2.24% to 2.38% last week. So that's 14 basis points by my calculations. In short, bond yields are rising. And so are oil prices. Uh, Brent over 82 a barrel now with a 0.7% rise on Friday. Uh, But let's look at... uh, U.S. equities, first of all, with Tapas Strickland from NAB in Sydney. So two numbers, Tapas. First of all, that 5,000 number. The S&P finally topped that on Friday. The other number is 45%. That is the percentage of all equities in the world which are now traded in the U.S. in terms of market cap. Uh, It's been an average of 39% over the last 10 years. Now it's the highest ever at 45%. Can it keep going? Or are we sort of heading for an AI false hope fall? Because that's what's driving all of this, obviously, isn't it? It's artificial intelligence. Good morning, Phil. Yes, uh, another good night for equities and a very good week uh, uh, overall. And that close above 5,000 is a key technical level. But just worth noting, over the past uh, couple of weeks, as companies reported, uh, most of them have beat earnings expectations. So I think that's just an important thing to, to mm. note there. And then as well as that, it's also traveling in the respect of lower inflation prints as well. So there is definitely the tech story out there, but it's also the, the macro picture as well. Um, if, if we're going for a soft landing, the US economy remains relatively resilient, then it's hard to see um, uh, big, big, big headwinds here, at least from an earnings perspective. Well, so maybe it will carry on after all. Look, the anti-climax of the week, despite the warnings from Christopher Waller, who said that the Fed will be watching very closely that CPI revision on Friday, because of course this time last year uh, it was a bit of a, a, a bit of an upward surprise. But Friday came and went. The revisions unchanged. Nothing to see here. Move on, basically. Yeah, it definitely was a non-event. So when you look at core CPI on a three-month annualized basis, it's now at three point three four, and I think before. All the revisions it was at 3.33 so very little change and the six month annualized report was at 3.25 versus uh, 3.21 
previously. So very little change in terms of the pace of inflation over the last three to six months. And the story there has been the pace of inflation has eased um, more than expected, um, more than most people expected, especially the US Fed. And that has led the US Fed and markets to expect some pretty hefty interest rate cuts. And obviously the US Fed, uh, the FOMC dot plot back in December um, had uh, three cuts penciled in for 2024. And that's compared to market pricing of say 116 basis points worth of cuts for 2024. So still some divergence between where the market is seeing the pace of cuts and where the Fed at least that now is seeing the pace of cuts. But just worth noting over the past week, the price of cuts in 2024 has come down. So uh, this time last week, it was sitting about 125 basis points worth of cuts. Right now, just looking at my screen, it's 112 basis points worth of cuts. And FedSpeak has been doing some of that work. So uh, FedSpeak has all through last week have been pushing back on the notions of a near-term cut and the Fed needing to race towards cuts. And the Fed's Logan on Friday was kind of in that camp as well. She's saying, I'm really not seeing any urgency to make any additional adjustments to rates at this time, where we get a better understanding and build our confidence whether the progress that we've seen in inflation will be sustained over the medium run. And we get the next uh, US CPI print on Tuesday. So everyone will be looking at that quite closely. Right. No one is uh, diverting from that path, are they? They're all going, no urgency. Uh, we need to make sure we get back to the target. Uh, you know, the, they're all saying the same thing. Maybe they changed the order a little bit so we don't realise they're all reading from exactly the same script. Uh, but that's, <laughs> Maybe. that's the way it feels. So, uh, okay, so cut some time. Maybe not for New Zealand, though. The expectation is that perhaps they're going to have, well, m- maybe even two rate increases. And I guess that's a warning globally is a lot of the – Disinflation we have seen, a lot of the lower inflation prints is coming from the traded goods side of the economy. And we've been talking about how export prices out of China are negative 7.9% year on year. But the non-tradables, the services side, uh, hasn't seen the same degree of moderation. That's especially the case in New Zealand. So one major bank in New Zealand uh, on Friday called for the RBNZ to raise the cash rate in February and April, which would see the OCR at six percent until february 2025 so that's a pretty punchy call uh the market obviously was pricing the other way in terms of uh, cuts so uh, some pretty um rapid scrambling around um for unwinding of positions and the like uh, so the market is now close to fully pricing a 25 basis point rate hike by the rbnz in may um so um our view oh, sorry our view of our um kiwi cousins at bnz uh, still has the rbnz on hold but um the data flow on net has been a little bit more than uh, expected coming out of New Zealand. Right. And is Canada a bit of a warning sign as well? So the, we got the unemployment report on Friday, over 37,000 more jobs in January, up from 12,000, which was the increase for December. Uh, this was well above market expectations. The unemployment rate that was expected to rise actually fell. We've still got hourly wages. They fell a bit, but they're still up at 5.3%. And a falling participation rate. So, I mean, that seems all like bad news. Less people available, less unemployment. You'd think that, you know, potentially could push wages higher in theory. That's a bit of a concern as well, isn't it? Yes. And wherever you are looking, labour markets are much more tighter than they were prior to the pandemic. And just worth noting that unemployment rate came in at 5.7% versus 5.9% expected. So uh, not only did you get very good uh, employment growth, but obviously the uh, labour market overall seems to be uh, a little bit more tight. Um, You've seen a few major banks in Canada push back their first uh, Bank of Canada rate cut from April to to June. Um, And I think that's the way um, the theme is going to be globally as you still have very resilient labor markets uh, the potential for inflation to, to 
to lift, especially given you've got sticky services inflation. And it's really the traded goods side that's actually seeing most of the disinflation globally. Right. Michelle Bullock on uh, on Friday giving her testimony. What were, what were their takeouts there? I mean, she certainly seemed to be signalling, you know, that perhaps there is the danger that maybe, you know, like New Zealand rates could go high. I mean, she wasn't overplaying it, but she did talk about it. Yeah, I think uh, Governor Bullock is just keeping her optionality open. And my read of her parliamentary testimony was was very close to her um, uh, comments on Tuesday. So nothing necessary we learnt new there. But two things I just wanted to highlight is um, she answered a question about when would the RBA think about cutting? And she said, do we have to be in the band at 2.5% before we think about doing that? No, I don't believe we do. But we do need to be very confident that we're going to get there as we start to remove restrictive nature of policies. So... um, one lesson for Australia, at least, is we don't necessarily need inflation between 2 to 3% for the RBA to start cutting. But what they do need to have is confidence that their forecast trajectory for inflation will be sustained between 2 to 3%. Um, so uh, the dynamics of the inflation prints are going to be just as important as the headline of the inflation prints. Uh, and then the second one, and just pointing towards the resiliency in the economy, was a remark that Assistant Governor Chris Kent made. And that was in regards to the household balance sheets. He said that the large pile of savings that was accumulated during the pandemic is still sitting there, including in mortgage and offset accounts. Uh, And indeed, somewhat surprisingly, we've seen the extra payments into these accounts, the offset and redraw accounts go up a little as a share of income in the last few quarters. So I think that just shows you that uh, the Australian economy is still very resilient. um, And uh, when we do start to see the cutting cycle, um, I think you could start to see uh, growth rebound relatively quickly in that environment, just given how healthy household balance sheets are. Yeah, and those offset uh, bank accounts, I mean, they're more common in Australia than many other parts of the world. So in lots of places, people might have decided to put more money onto their mortgage. They haven't got that money now, whereas in Australia, obviously, seeing an offset account, you might be able to uh, take it out and use it. So uh, yeah, that could change the behaviour, perhaps, uh, in Australia. And on stage three tax cuts, Michelle Bullock was also asked about that as well. And her response was, it doesn't really change the fiscal outcomes. They are just a, a redistribution. So that's not going to impact uh, what the RBA does or what the inflation number is. Is she right on that? Yes. And I guess the only um, hesitation around that would be that uh, the distribution can be important, especially if it's going and tailored towards a lower income um, households who generally do need to spend it. Um, So that could prove to be mildly at the margin um, relative to your baseline, I guess. Uh, And then the other um, aspect of it is because it's occurring to a cut to the tax bracket and not necessarily an upfront payment, it's going to take a, a period of time before it actually starts to hit the economy in its totality. So it could be on net slightly inflationary, but it won't be slightly inflationary from, from day one. So uh, China on holiday this week, of course, for the new year, the year of the dragon. Not sure that it sounds like a, you know, should be a good sign. I would have thought strength. You know, hope. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but uh, look, the CSI 300, uh, a stellar performance last week, because basically because of this coordinated buying up of ETFs and these new rules on uh, short selling. But I mean, the, the buying up of ETFs just to help out those people who lost on in retail investors, isn't it? It's a, a long way from boosting GDP. So I, I guess, you know, there's, you know, good news for share the share market, but not good for the, for the, you know, for the broader economy, which is still a bit of a worry. Yes, yeah, still, still for signs um, that the Chinese authorities are worried enough that they 
do lift the scale of the fiscal envelope there. Um, with the share market, maybe it does help at the margin, um, just given that um, households have been a little bit skittish, um, especially with declining uh, equity prices and with declining house prices. Um, so to the extent that that stems that kind of loss, then if they can do something on the housing market side, then maybe can inject a bit of confidence on the consumer side. Confidence but- and frees up a bit of cash, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, look, it's a busy day, a busy, fairly busy week, but a very quiet day. I've got nothing for today apart from, you know, the European Commission winter forecasts, a few more ECB speakers, uh, Andrew Bailey from the Bank of England, nothing in the way of data releases, but a fairly busy week ahead. Uh, yes, very, very busy. And the kind of pick of the data is going to be two things. So the first one is we get uh, employment data for Australia on Thursday, uh, and it's been very volatile on a month-to-month basis. So the unemployment rate at the moment is sitting at 3.9%. The consensus there is that for it to inch higher to 4% there, and we'll be looking at quite closely at the dynamics within that. Um, and then uh, in the US, we get January CPI data on Tuesday, and that's going to be quite important. Uh, if it continues to show that moderation, and if it starts to show more moderation on the services side, um, then that would lead to markets continuing to expect greater rate cuts than what the Fed dot plot has got penciled in at the moment, at least. All right. Very good. Thanks, Tapas. Uh, good to have you on at the beginning of the week. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. And that is how things are this Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'm back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. 